breaking news on Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators. What should you know about special prosecutor going after Trump? And did incoming Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy use Ukraine-laundered money to defeat conservatives in this year's primaries? Find out about all of this and so much more on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 285 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Friday, November 18th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, click on the button that says Become a Patron, and please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Well, this is kind of neat. Uh, for quite some time now, we have not been able to do the live stream. Now, the overwhelming majority of people who listen to the Doc Washburn Show listen after the fact as a podcast, but there would always be a handful of people who would listen live to the live stream whenever I would finally get around to doing the live stream, whether it would be at 11 a.m., 11 p.m., 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the morning, whenever it was, there would always be a handful of people listening to the live stream. And we haven't been able to do that for a few weeks, and I think our our uh, our IT guy, uh, Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth, finally figured it out, and we can't thank our good friend Mansour enough because we're back to doing the live stream. So that's kind of neat. Anyway, for everybody who, almost everybody listens after the fact, that's no big deal, but it's a big deal to us because uh, <laughs> we were paying for the ability to not just give you a podcast five times a week, but for those people who wanted to hear it live, you know, to have that possibility also. All right. Before we get to the question of did incoming Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy use Ukraine laundered money to defeat conservatives and what you should know about the special prosecutor going after former President Trump and the breaking news on Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators. A lot of other stuff going on that we got to nail down first. And a friend of mine I follow on Twitter who calls himself Defiant Baptist 
says, how much longer must we endure this madness? And he's got one of those kind of shot and chaser tweet situations. April 25th of this year, Al Roker, guy's been in weather on the Today Show since forever, said, I'm grateful to be one of the first Today Show hosts vaccinated against COVID. He says, let's ensure the most vulnerable have access to life-saving vaccines. Join me in celebrating World Immunization Week, long life for all vaccination. That was April 25th of this year from Al Roker, weather guy for the Today Show. Now, as of yesterday, official statement from NBC News, Al Roker says he's in the hospital after being admitted last week for a blood clot in his leg and a few blood clots in his lungs. And no wonder my friend Defiant Baptist is saying, how much longer must we endure this madness? Madness it is. I don't know about the state you live in, but the state that I live in, Arkansas, once a top executive for Pfizer made a statement to the Parliament of the European Union that, of course, they did not test the vaccines for efficacy on stopping the virus before they rolled them out to the market. The health department in the state of Arkansas all of a sudden seemed like they doubled down their uh, announcements on TV. Hey, got to get the vax, got to get the vaccine. And I noticed, of course, federally also, Health and Human Services, HHS, has been doing the same thing. Remarkable, isn't it? Okay. Um, got some audio. Where's the, uh, the one Tom Fitton? Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch. Here's what he said. This is a smoking gun, guys. This is the document that confirms that Barack Obama was personally involved in trying to restrict information uh, and the truth being told to, to Donald Trump about the schemes to smear him as being an agent of Russia. Okay, what is uh, Brother Tom Fitton? Fitton, pardon me. What is Brother Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch, what is he talking about? Well, I'll tell you, press release from Judicial Watch from a few days ago. They announced they have filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the Barack Obama Presidential Library for Obama White House records about the 2016 Russia collusion hoax. The records, which by law were not available under FOIA until five years after President Obama left office, are held at the library which is part of the National Archives system. The lawsuit was filed after the library failed to respond to a March 14, 2022 FOIA request for records 
of former Obama White House National Security Advisor Susan Rice regarding alleged efforts by the Russian government to interfere with the 2016 presidential election and collude the Trump campaign and the alleged hacking of the Democrat National Committee and or Clinton computer systems. So God bless them. A long press release. We can't read the whole thing, but that's what Tom Fitton is talking about. And we appreciate all they do. Uh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr was on Firing Line on PBS. That was William F. Buckley's old show back in the 60s and 70s. That has just been ruined. They uh, they, they brought the name back out, but Mar- Margaret Hoover does it, and it's just it's a mess. As anything on PBS is, it's a mess. So, William Barr is out there saying that DOJ, yeah, they probably do. They probably have a good reason to prosecute Donald Trump. Can you believe this? He's not that stupid. And Mark Levin is asking, what happened to this guy? I mean, what on earth happened to former Attorney General William Barr? A great question from the uh, the great one. Because um, there's no excuse. I thought I had the uh, I thought I had the the, the thread of tweets saved by Mark Levin. I don't know what happened. Let me uh, let me bring it up here because I think you need to know exactly exactly what he said. Well, Mark Levin, he just says, Bill Barr, what the hell happened to this guy? That's that's all. That's all. Now, when we get to the, um, the special counsel situation, um, Mark Levin has some thoughts about that. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get to that here in in a little bit. First of all, there are a number of things we have to deal with before we get to the the big three for the day. Uh, Brandon Showalter is a journalist for the ChristianPost.com. And he says, please, I implore you, hear me out. I just did one of the toughest interviews I've ever done in my journalism career, easily in the top five toughest interviews I've ever done. He said, I do my best to keep my composure and stay professional on this job. But this one left me grabbing my chest, gasping for breath, and in tears. I almost had to stop midway through it. He says, I just finished speaking with an advocate for incarcerated women 
in California who herself was once incarcerated among the many anecdotes that she shares with me is how fully intact male sex offenders, including serial rapists, are being housed with female inmates. These predatory men are, on the basis of merely claiming to identify as the opposite sex, allowed by state law to be in women's prisons and the grinding near constant torture they are putting these poor women through is otherworldly. As we speak, dozens of transfer requests from men who claim to be women are pending and are likely to be approved, compounding their trauma. This is why I will not shut up about the scourge of gender ideology. He says, this is among the worst of its rotten fruit. In addition to being a journalist, I'm also a human rights guy. Have a master's degree in the subject. Literally, I know I sound like a broken record here, but I really want some international tribunals convened, televised. If this doesn't contravene any sane standard of human rights law, Geneva Convention, anyone? Then human rights has absolutely zero meaning. It's a completely lost cause, not even the craziest. Tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist could come up with these horrors. But we've got firsthand testimony of people who've lived through and are still living through this nightmarish hell. I think I might need to go pray now. And he concludes his thread of tweets saying, Lord, in your mercy. It's enough to get you choked up. He concludes his thread of tweets saying, Lord, in your mercy. I tell you, I... uh, I have a lot of admiration for a guy like Brandon Showalter, journalist at the Christian Post, because the mainstream media tries to bury this sort of thing, tries to bury the truth. They don't want to get out. They really don't want to getting out. Billboard Chris, who is this guy who um, goes all over the country trying to expose the transgender agenda, he says, imagine a society so dumb that a man could just say he's a woman. And we're all just supposed to buy it, right? We're all just supposed to buy it. 
I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Now, on our last episode, we had several Republican United States senators who um, were grilling FBI Director Christopher Wray and even Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. One we didn't get to is um, U.S. Senator Rick Scott out of Florida. used to be the governor of Florida. I interviewed him one time many moons ago after he was elected governor uh, when I was still in Panama City, Florida. Anyway, uh, Rick Scott had some questions for Christopher Ray and Alejandro Mayorkas. And uh, it went something like this. Discussing that with you because I uh, certainly have some very important points to make in response to your concern. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Langford. Uh, Senator Scott, you're recognized for your questions. Uh, First, Secretary Myrokris, thanks for your calls um, around the hurricanes. And um, I've I've had a very positive experience with FEMA. So I think you have a a great team there and um, everybody there does a good job. Thank you, Senator. And I think the last time, Director Ray, you you testified, I had the opportunity afterwards to go to West Virginia to see. And and I think I would just want to compliment you on... um, what you've done to revamp uh, the call center operation. I know I'm still, I'm sure it's still hard to catch everything that goes on out there, but I want to thank you for that. Okay. So he starts off with the niceties, but that doesn't last for long. Secretary Marcus, you know that I've been disappointed with the border. It just seems like it's um, it's open. We've got all this fentanyl come across. We've got um, uh, people dying. So, But here's my question, and I don't know, Secretary Marcus or Director, if you want to answer it. It's been reported that the Chinese Communist Party are operating police stations in the United States in an effort to surveil Chinese dissidents. It seems obvious the U.S. shouldn't allow its most significant ge- geopolitical rival and oppressive communist regime to establish police stations in the U.S., what authority or jurisdiction does the CCP have in the U.S.? And I don't know which one when it testifying. Somebody finally brings this up, okay? Um, I said when Rick Scott challenged McConnell to be a Republican leader in the Senate, he's not perfect, but he boy, would he be an improvement. Anyway, so he's, he's, he's pushing back against this. Chinese Communist Party thing, they actually have police stations in this country to keep tabs on their own citizens. So he's asking both Ray and Mayorkas, what, what, what authority do they have to do that? Well, Senator, uh, like you, I'm very concerned about this. Um, we are aware of the existence of these stations. I had to be careful about discussing our specific investigative work, but to me it is outrageous uh, to think that the Chinese police would attempt to set up shop you know, in New York, let's say, without proper coordination. It violates sovereignty and, and circumvents uh, standard judicial and law enforcement uh, cooperation processes. And the reason... The reason this is so important is because we have seen a clear pattern of the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, exporting 
their trans their repression right here into the U.S. And we've had now a number of indictments that you may have seen of the Chinese engaging in uncoordinated law, quote unquote, law enforcement action right here in the United States, harassing, stalking, surveilling, blackmailing. Uh, people who they just don't like or who disagree with the the Xi regime. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, And so it's a real problem, and it's something that we're talking with our our foreign partners about as well, because we're not the only country where this has, uh, has occurred. Can you, do they, they don't have any right to be here, right? No, they don't. Biden could snap his fingers and order them out, and they'd have to leave. But then they would black. They they you know they got him blackmailed, so he can't do that. Well, we're looking into the legal parameters of it. Um, so I want to be a little bit careful to get not to get out over my skis on that. But I suffice to say, I can tell you from an FBI director perspective, I'm deeply concerned about this, uh, and I'm not going to just let it lie. Okay. Secretary, does it does it impact Homeland Security at all? Well, of course, the uh, the threat of China is uh, one of the most significant threats that we face in the homeland. It's not only a matter of national security, it's a matter of homeland security in a number of arrays, uh, in a number of areas of our mission. Do you, do you think you have the ability to shut them down? Do you, have the, do you know if you have the right to shut them down? Uh, the the I, I would have to defer to the Department of Justice with respect to the It would go, it would go to justice, not homeland security? Okay. So it would be under FBI? Well, or to, to the extent that the remedies might be uh, some part of the Justice Department outside the FBI, that that could also be a possibility. And then there may be a State Department dimension to this that we're looking into. So, when you know they're here, do you have the, do you know if they're surveilling U.S. citizens? Do you know that yet? Do you have enough information to know if they are? Really good question. See what Chris Ray comes up with. Well, again, I don't I don't want to get too far into our ongoing investigative work, but as I said, we have seen plenty of situations, plenty of situations in the past where the Chinese government, under the pretext right. of uh, going after corruption, uh, have essentially used that as a, a vehicle to surveil. We've had situations where they've planted bugs inside Americans' cars, uh, for example. And and one of the things that we're seeing more and more is them hiring private investigators here in the U.S. to essentially be their uh, their agents, if you will, to conduct some of this work. So uh, this is something we're trying to call out, and it's important that Chinese-Americans and Chinese dissidents who are here know to call the FBI to report when they think they may have been targeted with this conduct. Could you, because you probably can't talk about it in here, I'd like to get a classified briefing on what they're doing, so at some point, so whenever it works out for you. We'd be happy to set that up. Um, So, Director Wright, so... What I'm asking you, you need to tell me if it's accurate or not, so I'm not suggesting that all this is accurate. But it, it appears that DOJ have, have become politicized with regard to pro-life things. So um, there's a recent rise in high-profile high FBI investigations of pro-life Americans, which raises the current concern that the FBI is weaponizing federal law enforcement and has become a, a tool, you know, a partisan tool, uh, which I don't think when we've talked that's been your, your goal. So... 
the there appears to be um, investigations that arrest um, of pro-life the pro-life community and it, it you know it's just the opposite of what's happened we've had uh, numerous fire bombings violent attacks acts of vandalism against churches pro-life organizations and crisis pregnancy centers um, in the days following the leaks of the Dobbs opinion so what I mean is this right is it I mean is that happening not happening well, first let me say, uh, I firmly believe that the FBI is going about its work uh, and doing the right thing in the right way. Now, uh, I'm glad you raised this topic because it gives me an opportunity to speak to it. Uh, we have our view, my view, plainly expressed to all of our people, uh, including in the context of abortion-related violence, is that I don't care what side of the issue you're on, uh, you don't get to engage in violence, and we are equal opportunity when it comes to that. Now, we have quite a number of investigations as we speak into attacks or threats against pregnancy resource centers, faith-based organizations, and other pro-life organizations. And you might be interested uh, to know that since the uh, Dobbs Act decision, Probably in the neighborhood of 70% of our abortion-related uh, violence cases or threats cases are cases of violence or threats against pro-life. So where the victims are, are pro-life organizations. Um, and we're going after that through our Joint Terrorism Task Forces, uh, through our criminal authorities, FACE Act, and things like that. We have about 20 field offices involved in this. And so we take it very seriously. And again, I don't care whether you're motivated by pro-life views or pro-choice views. You don't get to use violence to express it. So, so we've talked about this before. It just seems to me that in DOJ, FBI in particular, they um, they might be doing the right thing, but they you know you guys allow information to be to go out that not talking about what you're doing because if you listen if you read the press you would think that you guys are only going after uh, pro life groups and not going after groups that attack pro life so I've always I've never understood this about the FBI and DOJ in that you guys are more proactive about what you're actually doing because I'm pro law enforcement as you know and so but I can't defend you with no information. Uh, Senator, I, I think uh, we don't have the time for me to tell you how frustrated I sometimes get by some of the news reporting about our work and the misreporting about our work. Uh, the um, circumspection that we display with regard to discussing our investigations is based on rules and practices that are important to people having confidence in the integrity of our work and go back decades uh, in multiple administrations. Um, and it, sometimes it can be very frustrating to agents on the ground when they see things being misreported about their work. But we have all been taught that we have to bite our lips uh, and let the facts come out in the right way through court proceedings. And sometimes that can be very frustrating uh, to us and, and it sounds like to you too. For me thank, you. Thank, thank you, Senator Scott. I just so we'll have a second round but real so, quick. I just want to say, it makes it hard for us, right? Because people come to us with, say, oh, yeah, they must have done that. Yeah. I think one of the things that um, makes their job difficult is they lie about so much stuff. And so we don't trust them anymore. And it's not just... uh, the leadership, 
in Washington, D.C. You know? Um, I just, uh, I'm sick and tired of hearing, oh, well, 99% of the local FBI agents are straight shooters, honest and above board. You know, it's it's just the leadership in Washington, D.C. They're the problem, not the local guys. Well, let me tell you something. The FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, is not using uh, battering rams to knock down people's front doors uh, before dawn who haven't done anything. No, that's uh, they, they, they send local agents to do that. So... I know, I know, there are apparently dozens of whistleblowers, so God bless them. That's good. But there certainly aren't enough. I'll just say that right now. So, yeah. Um, I'm one of the guys who thinks that uh, local police departments, by and large, uh, need more funding on the one hand, on the other hand, I think we ought to defund the uh, FBI, dismantle it, and uh, salt the ground where the headquarters used to be. Because uh, it seems like entrapment and violence and violating people's constitutional rights. Seems like those things are priorities for the FBI. As a matter of fact, um, let me just say this. Uh, the great Julie Kelly, Thursday afternoon, November 17th, out there on Twitter, said, My observations from watching Oath Keepers trial live this morning. I've been following case since February 2021. And following uh, Steve Baker over at uh, TPC, the pragmatic constitutionalist, his exceptional coverage, she says, first, this Oath Keepers trial going on right now in Washington, D.C., this is the stupidest criminal trial in the history of America, maybe in the world, since the beginning of time. The Justice Department has spent what must be millions of dollars investigating, incarcerating, and prosecuting unarmed people who walked into a public building through an open door after Congress recessed on January 6th. They stayed for about 20 minutes, hurt no one, vandalized nothing. These prosecutors should be embarrassed Imagine going to law school so you can put on trial a few veterans, including one who is disabled, to bolster the regime's narrative that Trump supporters did an insurrection on January 6th. Second, the evidence is mostly gleaned from group chats and social media messages. Third, this is a trial against MAGA. Make America Great Again. Many of the messages refer to the stolen election, contempt for Democrat lawmakers, and fears of what a Biden administration would do to the country. 
posts chatter also refer to guns, lockdown policies, immigration, etc. Defense attorneys are on their heels as it as they have been throughout the case because Judge Meta, appointed by Obama, has favored DOJ nearly every step. Defense seems very cautious, perhaps understandably. I'm struck at the difference between this and the Whitmer trial, where defense was super aggressive, especially related to exposing FBI involvement. For example, government again posted communications captured on an encrypted chat that included Jessica Watkins, creator of the chat who clearly provoked conduct that day, never identified, and I don't think defense ever attempted to find the man. Underscores what rock stars the defense attorneys for the Whitmer fednapping defendants were. I feel sorry for the jury. Most seem bored. One nodded off. Only a few jurors are taking active notes at the end of week six. And lead prosecutor has watched way too many L.A. laws or something. Stupidest criminal trial in the history of America. Going after people who wandered into a public building. The police were opening the, uh, holding the doors open for. After Congress had adjourned. Yeah, that's messed up. That is messed up. Hey, thank you to the comments, the folks uh, listening on the live stream. Appreciate uh, appreciate Chad's kind comments. Thank you very much. Hey, look, what makes it possible for us to do this, to do this thing we call the Doc Washburn Show day in and day out now into our second year is our patrons and our advertisers. So let me just remind you, if you have tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they will drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way. If you have any questions, Red River makes it so easy as you browse their selection. You'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences. All the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, 
Order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. Thank you to Mitch Ward at Red River Your Way. Appreciate you, brother. Also, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you and I care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage. They use the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. Now, I'm not a veteran. I'm not a first responder hero, but I sure have saved a lot of money since I switched to Patriot Mobile, just so you know. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is so easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Patriot Mobile also now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. If you're a conservative-owned business tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patreonmobile.com or just call 469-FREEDOM. And thank you to Glenn Story and the whole crew at Patreon Mobile for sponsoring the Doc Washburn Show. All right, now, we still need to get to some huge stories that are out there. Breaking news on Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators. What should you know about the special prosecutor, Merrick Garland, appointed to go after Trump? And did incoming Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy use Ukraine-laundered money to defeat conservatives? A lot to talk about. But we got a few things that we got to deal with before we get there. Okay, first of all, we do have some updates on Arizona. Here is Arizona voter Shalissa. 
My name is Jalissa, and I'm a registered voter in Maricopa County. This was the first time I voted in a midterm election and in person. I went to a church in my district in D27. I made sure to get to the polling place at 5.40 a.m. to give myself plenty of time to vote before having to go to work. I was sixth in line, um, and after filling out my ballot, I tried casting it, and the tabulator would not accept it. I was told to put it every which way you could imagine, to feed it slowly, and it still did not read it. The poll worker said to try the other machine, and to no avail, it would still not read it. At this point, they said that they would need to call a technician to come out um, and look at the machines. An hour later, an employee from Maricopa County showed up, um, looked over the settings, and then she had a walkie on her. Um, at that point, the walkie went off, and you could hear that other polling places were running into the same issue we were having. Um, at this point, she said she needed to go to the other polling places and just left. At this point, um, the group of about 30 of us were told that the uh, the only options that we would have, it would be to drop our ballot off into box three and that it would be brought downtown later that evening and would be counted, um, or we could go to another polling place. Myself and a handful of others uh, were very skeptical and demanded for it to be fixed so our vote would count. Another woman waiting in line uh, was there with her father who got sick of waiting and decided to go to another polling place. He went to Glendale Community College only to find out he could not vote because he had already voted, which he clearly did not. Um, his ballot would not be tabulated by the machine in the district uh, polling area that we were in. An hour, another hour later, um, another technician came from Maricopa County uh, and showed up and said he couldn't touch the ballots and couldn't do anything until the technician from Dominion showed up. Um, at this point, I had a call into work. Um, I missed the day of work because I did not trust what I was being told, and I wanted my voice to be heard. About a half hour later, uh, the technician from Dominion came in, um, and they reset the machines, um, and then they went and cleaned uh, the machines as well. At this point, I attempted to cast my ballot again, and still nothing. Uh, the Dominion tech proceeded to leave, um, and at this point, the technician that was there from Maricopa County said that he may have thought it may have been a printer issue. I overheard him and said that he would be more than welcome to look at my ballot. Sure enough, there were white speckles in the area printed all along the black lines up up uh, the ballots where the ballots are tabulated. Um, at this point, I had my ballot spoiled and a new one printed. And after a little over three hours, my vote was cast. I saw dozens of people leave to try to vote elsewhere and even more drop their ballot into box three. It does not matter how you voted. It's an absolute disgrace what happened, and Maricopa County needs to be held accountable. Yeah, they do. People need to be indicted. Uh, they're actively trying to steal it. I mean, they already stole it from uh, Blake Masters, who conceded in the race for Senate. They're trying their hardest to steal the gubernatorial election from Kerry Lake and the AG election from Abe, Abe Hamaday. Kerry Lake has announced that uh, you know they're, they're going to be filing suit big time. I think they already have, for that matter. I got another... Arizona voter, a fellow named uh, Dan Fowler. Hello, my name is Dan Fowler, and I am a Pima County resident. On November 8th, I went to vote at my voting location with my voting card in hand, as I've done throughout my whole life. When I 
got to the voting center, they told me my name was not on the voter rolls. They told me I would have to place a provisional ballot, which I did. They told me that I could call two days following the election day, which would have been Thursday, and check the status of my ballot. I called on Thursday, and I was told my ballot would not be counted until November 18th. I find that Hollings unacceptable. I feel I have been cheated out of my vote. Yep. That's what's up. That's what's going on. Pray for our country and uh, pray for justice in Arizona. I said over and over again, um, the swing states are going to have to fix the corruption in their electoral systems, you know, before 2024. We'll never have a Republican president again. So that's out there, and I just felt like I should let you know about that. Uh, what's also out there is the uh, the Baltimore Police Department has released a video from a little bit earlier in November showing the fatal shooting of a fellow named Tyree Moorhead. Tyree Moorhead. Fatal shooting of Mr. Moorhead on uh, Sunday afternoon, November 6th. Tyree Moorhead was well-known in, in, in Baltimore as an anti-violence activist. So why is there video of the police conducting a fatal shooting of Mr. Moorhead. Well, it seems when officers arrived, anti-violence activist Tyree Moorhead was seen lunging at a woman with a large kitchen knife, and an officer opened fire, fatally striking him and saving the woman's life. I've seen the video. That's exactly what happened. Mr. Moorhead was well-known in Baltimore. He was the creator of the city of Baltimore's so-called no shoot zones, which he spray painted around neighborhoods in an effort to reduce gun violence. Well, you know, if only he had had a similar devotion to reducing knife violence, odds are young Mr. Tyree Moorhead would still be with us. I saw the video. Police officers screaming at him to get down, to drop the knife. Nope. Going to try to stab this woman to death. Okay, well, we're going to blow you up then. Boom, 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 boom. So, um, and and telling him to drop the knife after he's been hit and 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 looks like jugular jugular vein is just you know spurting blood, and the guy is lying on the asphalt and still holding the knife. Man, oh, man. Just remarkable. 
I just, I, I don't know if I'll ever un- understand that suicide by cop idea. I just don't get it. But you see a lot on, on YouTube, you know, the, the videos come up. And um, it spans all races, male and female. No, I'm seriously. I mean, this guy happened to be black, but I've seen black people, white people, Hispanic people, uh, Chinese people. Uh, it's just, it's just remarkable. And it's it's got to be traumatic. For uh, the officers involved, they they didn't go to work today wanting to kill kill somebody because they had to, you know, to save somebody else's life. By the way, uh, uh, Brianna Morello, news producer and journalist who quit the Fox Corporation, over the COVID vaccine mandate. She said Christopher Ray is pretending to be outraged by the Communist Chinese Party setting up police stations in the United States. The reality is the Biden administration has the authority to shut them down, and they've decided not to. China owns Joe Biden. Got it? China owns Joe Biden. Now, I got a got a clip from President Trump when he was at the World Economic Forum annual meeting in 2020, speaking truth to power. Knocked it out of the park. Here he is. To embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. They are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers, and I have them, and you have them, and we all have them. And they want to see us do badly, but we don't let that happen. They predicted an overpopulation crisis in the 1960s, mass starvation in the 70s and an end of oil in the 1990s. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country, or eradicate our liberty. America will always be the proud, strong, and unyielding bastion of freedom. In America, we understand what the pessimists refuse to see, that a growing and vibrant market economy focused on the future lifts the human spirit and excites creativity strong enough to overcome any Any challenge, obviously. That's where the, uh, the video on Twitter cut off. 
strong enough to uh, match any challenge. Yes, indeed. By the way, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, famous uh, filmmaker, conservative filmmaker, out there on Twitter this week saying, I have three pieces of advice for Trump. Number one, don't attack fellow Republicans. Save your fire for the Democrats and the left. Okay, sounds like good advice. Number two, spell out exactly how you will dismantle the deep state. That sounds pretty good, too. Number three, hire an advisor who's a good judge of people and can save you from flatterers and backstabbers. Man, I tell you what, um, Dinesh D'Souza, trying to look out for uh, President Trump there with some, some great advice. Great advice. Now, that is strong. So, speaking of the World Economic Forum, um, guy who goes by uh, Peter Sweden. Real name is Peter Emanuelsson. He's a Swedish journalist and political commentator with over 400,000 followers on Twitter. He says, unelected Klaus Schwab at the G20 summit said we need a deep, systemic restructuring of our world, and the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. They're not even hiding it anymore. It's the Great Reset. This Peter Sweden guy says, I've been attacked by the elite for exposing their agenda. A think tank funded by Bill Gates, among others, wrote a hit piece on me. Make sure you follow me on Substack in case I get banned for my work as an independent journalist. Now, Ron DeSantis' press secretary responded to this. He says it won't be happening in Florida. Okay, and he's got a video of Governor DeSantis and what he's got to say about the World Economic Forum. This is great. I want to have the values not of Davos imposed on us, but of places like Destin and Dunedin, where I grew up. Um, things like the World Economic Forum, uh, those policies are dead on arrival in the state of Florida. Uh, we are not going to go down that road. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's fantastic. I got another clip from uh, Governor DeSantis pushing back against the Communist Chinese Party. Check it out. I do not want to see malign foreign influence in the state of Florida. And the number one source of that influence, not just in the United States, but really around the world, is the Chinese Communist Party. And what they're able to do economically, culturally, militarily, to expand their power. And they have a lot of presence now in our own Western Hemisphere. And you see a lot of leftist governments, Cuba, Venezuela, they welcome in. Uh, the CCP into our very own hemisphere. Uh, we think that that's something that, that we need to take seriously, and we think that that's something that we need to do what we can in the state of Florida uh, to push back against. 
Amen. Well, it's not just leftist governments that welcome them in. I mean, again, I live in the state of Arkansas. And the current governor, Asa Hutchinson, who leaves office in January, has bragged about going to China two or three times a year. Yeah, oh, man, he, he loves him some communist China. China. I mean, it's just, and you're sitting here going, this guy's a Republican? So, you know, I hope that the incoming governor of Arkansas will be an improvement, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. We don't know. We don't know. Anyway, um, I got more. Now, Joe Biden is telling people concerned about heating their homes this winter. Are they going to be able to afford to heat their homes this winter? That they can get a tax credit to install solar panels on their on their roofs. Now, I'm not saying he's out of touch, but he's out of touch. Windows, five hundred for new doors, two thousand to install a heat pump, six hundred to replace electric panels. These are what here's what this means. If you're living in a home with a drafty windows and doors, starting January one. You'll be able to save up to one thousand one hundred dollars in the cost of replacing them, and that's just on the upgrade. You're also going to save a lot of money going forward because your utility bills are be lower, and that's good for your wallet, but it's also good for the environment because you're using less energy. That's not all. If you want to install solar panels on your roof, you can get a tax credit for thirty percent of the cost. It'll bring down the cost of installation by about seven thousand five hundred dollars. And when you get to keep savings money on your electric bills for the remainder of the year. Hey, excuse me. Wait a minute. Um, if you want to install solar panels on your roof, you you can get what? What was that again? If you want to install solar panels on your roof, you can get a tax credit for... 30% of the cost. Okay, now hold on, wait. No, you 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 learn to listen to exactly what they're saying. Okay? You can't assume anything. I thought it's supposed to be a tax credit, right? T A X tax credit. He's saying like a Tack credit, like a thumbtack. No, I know, I know, I know. He he, he turns eighty on on Sunday, and some people who are a lot older than that are just still sharp as a tack, mentally. Some people who are younger than that are not. Uh Wow. I just. Somebody said, was it the Federalist or RedState.com or Daily Caller? Somebody said uh, for his 80th birthday, we ought to give him uh, one of those uh, 
cognitive abilities tests. I don't think he passed. Well, Doc, if you remove him from office, look what's next, Kamala Harris. Yeah, okay. Um, again, I kind of doubt you're going to be able to get the vice president and at least half the cabinet to go along with the 25th Amendment removal from office. That that would be a bad look for the Democrats. That's number one. Number two, because sometimes I wonder if anybody knows how anything works, because even Tom Cotton said, well, you got Kamala Harris waiting in the wings if you impeach Biden. Well, no, you don't, Tom, and you know that. Impeachment means you lose the vote in the House. Then you have a trial in the Senate, and you got to have 67 votes to get rid of the president, which is why, even though we've impeached some presidents, we've never convicted one. We never kicked one out of office. Andrew Johnson, president number 17, Bill Clinton, president number 42, and Donald J. Trump, president number 45, were all impeached, but none of them were convicted in the Senate. So, you know, they weren't kicked out of office. Well, Doc, I mean, if impeaching Biden is just going to get bogged down in the Senate with the trial and you're not going to get enough votes to kick him out, then why bother? Because it's the right thing to do and he's broken laws. That's why. Because it's the right thing to do. And he's broken laws. Now, speaking of the right thing to do, um, a few weeks ago, the Atlantic Magazine came out with an article saying, um, let's let bygones be bygones on the whole China virus, the Wu-Flu thing. Uh, we, we didn't know. And we're sorry we locked this down and locked that down. And we're sorry that it affected your kids badly. And uh, we're sorry for the vaccine mandates and uh, the mask mandates. And uh, how about just forgive us and let's just uh, move forward and not hold anything against anybody, right? And that... That article in the Atlantic um, really is quite popular with the libs because nobody uh, wants to be held accountable anymore for anything. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, when I first heard about COVID-19, because um, a relative of mine is an epidemiologist. I took it very seriously. I thought it was a lot worse than it wound up being. Uh, But, you know, I wasn't on the overreaction team for long because I started paying attention to what they were saying, what they were doing, you know, and I started asking questions and wasn't getting the answers. And then I found out about ivermectin. 
which uh, I believe saved my son's life when he had COVID. But anyway, um, but there's some people. I recently saw a doctor in public wearing a mask. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, I, I bring all this up because um, Robert Vaughn over at Just Right Media was interviewing a pathologist named Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Hodkinson. I want to put a G in there, but there's not one, who is a big medical expert up in the uh, Canadian province of Alberta. And it went something like this. Shall we forgive and forget? Absolutely yeah. not. I'm full of vengeance. Yeah. So I am vengeful. It, it's not a time to say I'm sorry. It's a time to put these bastards in jail. I'm calling it the big kill. We've seen the biggest kill ever in medicine's history, directly because of the intervention of these idiots into healthcare. And it's the physicians, it's not just the politicians, it's the physicians themselves who are principally culpable because they have allowed government's jackboots to influence how they manage their patients, which has never, ever happened before. First, do no harm and informed consent. The physicians have, have looked in. How can you do this? How can you look into the eyes of a pregnant woman and tell her that this experimental product is safe? How can you do that as a, as a physician? No. Anyone, any physician that has done that should be in jail. Yes. True. Fact check, true. All right, still to come, our big stories. Breaking news on Jeffrey Epstein's co-conspirators. What should you know about the special prosecutor going after Trump? And did incoming Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy use Ukraine laundered money to defeat conservatives in the primaries? That's all still to come on the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Uh, look, we appreciate our advertisers for making it possible for us to do this thing day in and day out now into our second year. So here's the question for you. Are you having problems with sinuses, allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? What about blood sugar issues, psoriasis, migraines, um, fibromyalgia for that matter? COP. Well, the Arkansas Cervical Center might be able to help you. Let me tell you how it works because it is the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, and let me tell you, because I, you might not have heard this before. Uh, when my wife and I were engaged, we were dating. Uh, 
Christmas time, 2015, went down to Florida to see family and then came back before New Year's. And on New Year's Eve, I was calling and I couldn't get a hold of her. And um, that she just wasn't answering the phone. And finally, I got a private message on Facebook from Peggy's daughter who said, Doc, Mom woke up this morning, couldn't catch her breath, and Jason's girlfriend, who's now his wife, had to drive her 80 miles an hour to get to the ER at Baptist Medical Center, and she's in an induced coma. And I'm like, an induced what? So I didn't know what that meant. What it means is they put you under to kind of try to stabilize you. So she was in this induced coma for two and a half, three days. She was in the hospital for nine days. As soon as she got out, I took her to the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center as soon as I possibly could, as soon as they could see her. And they did x-rays on her head and her neck, and sure enough, her atlas was out of alignment. And so they... um, Dr. Crabtree adjusted her atlas and when we walked out of the um, office into the parking lot before we even got in the car, she said, Doc, this is crazy. I said, what's crazy? She said, well, the big toe on my left foot has felt numb and tingly for years and now it feels normal. I said, no, no, that's 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 good. That's I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. That's good. So that afternoon, she texted me while I was doing my radio talk show, and she said, "Hey, guess what? I don't have my regular daily backache." I said, that's fantastic. A few days later, she said, "I, you know, I haven't had a, a headache since I got my atlas adjusted. I said, no, that's fantastic. How, how often are you used to having headaches? She said, oh, every day. Every day. You know, I had severe hay fever myself five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, never came back. The migraines went away, never came back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, blood sugar issues, uh, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Surgical Center. 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people who we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Or just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, you definitely want to go to that website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can.
Thank you so much to our friends, our doctors, our advertisers, Dr. J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree. Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. TurnMyPowerOn.com. All right. We need to get to some of this breaking news here about the um, about the special prosecutor. Merrick Garland did a little announcement about the, uh, the special prosecutor. And here's what he said. The Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Such an an appointment underscores the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters. It also allows prosecutors and agents to continue their work expeditiously and to make decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. That was uh, Merrick Garland, the guy who uh, identifies as your attorney general. Margot Cleveland, the great legal expert over the Federalist.com, said the only recent development that mattered was that hours earlier in the day, the Democrat Party lost control of the U.S. House of Representatives, and so it had to move their political show trial, right? January 6th committee, political show trial to a branch of government they still control. So let DOJ take over, right? Now, another guy I follow on Twitter, Jim Raklowski, said the next two years are going to be a high-speed replay of Mueller's travesty and the potential Republican House inquiries will be stonewalled By these words, the ongoing DOJ special counsel investigation. And we will be abused again because we refuse to stop the beatings. Yeah, now, so what do we need to know about this uh, special prosecutor? His name is Jack Smith. He's a former chief of Obama. Justice Department's Public Integrity Section. Jack Smith prosecuted former Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell, who at the time was a potential Republican presidential contender. The U.S. Supreme Court unanimously reversed the conviction. Eight to nothing. Scalia had died. But political career was destroyed. Bob McConnell's political career was destroyed. And so now they want to do that to Trump. All right. That's what Mike Davis is saying. Mike Davis was chief counsel for the Senate Judiciary Committee and helped President Trump and Charles Grassley, Senator Grassley, Iowa, get over 200 federal judges on the bench. Mike Davis is a really sharp guy. 
Now, he's also saying this. By appointing a special counsel to investigate his boss's political enemy, Attorney General Merrick Garland continues to politicize and weaponize the Biden Justice Department, all while Garland ignores smoking gun evidence of Biden's foreign corruption. Got it? Now, a reporter asked Karine Jean-Pierre, who poses as the uh, White House press secretary. Reporter asked her about the politicization of the Justice Department. Now remember, she gets paid to lie with a straight face. First of all, on uh, the appointment of the special counsel today, former President Trump reacted to this news in an interview calling this the, quote, worst politicization of justice. He said that this was an unfair and political decision. I'm wondering if you have a response to that. Look, I will say this, and I've said this many times before, we do not politicize the Department of Justice. That is something that the president said uh, during the campaign. That is something that the president said in his early days of of, of being uh, in the White House, and that continues to be true. No, of course it's a lie. Her lips are moving, right? (laughs) And Joe Biden, possibly the biggest liar that's ever occupied the Oval Office. Now, you know, he's got stiff competition. Uh, I'll grant you that. I mean, the last two Democrat presidents, oh boy. Barack and Bubba, you know. Now, I think it would be easier to make the case that Biden is a worse president than Bill Clinton or Barack Obama ever thought about being. I just don't know if he's a worse liar than they were. Because they, you know, they like lying. That's what I'm trying to say. Um. There's a a barbecue place in Hot Springs, Arkansas, called McClard's. And Bill Clinton loved their barbecue so much that he would have it boxed up and uh, shipped out by plane to the White House. I think that Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, and Barack Obama all love lying as much as Bill Clinton loves McClard's barbecue. That's just that's just me, you know. You you might be able to make a, a case otherwise, but I have it on pretty good authority, you know. None of us are perfect. But that's that's the impression I'm laboring under. And if you've ever labored under an impression, you know the kind of pain I'm experiencing. All right, let me let me give you some more about this Jack Smith guy. First of all, he can't take over right away because he was in a bicycle accident over in the Netherlands. Okay? Just so you know. Just so you know. So, Garland, again, back to Mike Davis, former chief counsel for Senate Judiciary Committee, 
says Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate his boss's political enemy for non-crimes of objecting to the 2020 election and keeping personal copies of presidential records. He did not appoint a special counsel to investigate clear evidence of Biden's foreign corruption. All right. Now, um, that's, uh, that's a grievous thing. Because clearly the DOJ is politicized. There's no getting around it. More from Mike Davis. In 2020, pardon me, in 2010, 2010, Obama Attorney General Eric Holder picked Jack Smith to run the public integrity section of DOJ. Smith took out Virginia Governor Bob McDonald. McDonald as a potential Republican presidential candidate on bogus corruption charges. Again, Supreme Court reversed eight to nothing. Now Smith is back to take out Trump. The New York Times article entitled Who is Jack Smith? The new special counsel says his team initially won a conviction against the former governor. Robert McDonald of Virginia, a Republican, but the U.S. Supreme Court overturned it. Yeah, it did. Now, there's a, there's a lot more here. I'm trying to give you everything that I can about this Jack Smith guy. So, Mike Davis was on War Room with none other than Steve Bannon. And he told Bannon, Jack Smith is the prosecutor Democrats unleash when they want to take out a presidential candidate. And that's that's the way that works. Okay? Now, um, I think that this is a move to try to hamstring Republicans in Congress that want to investigate um, the Biden corruption. I really do. Now, Mike Davis pointing out the Fox News article in which Trump says he will not partake in special counsel investigations, slams it as the worst politicization of justice. And he's right, of course. He's right, of course. Now, Mike Davis also said, He's got a quote here from the Republican Oversight Committee in the House. All right. 
says it is apparent that the department's leadership, including Public Integrity Section Chief Jack Smith, was closely involved in engaging with the IRS in the wake of the Citizens United Supreme Court case and political pressure from prominent Democrats to address perceived problems with that U.S. Supreme Court decision. Right? So Mike Howell from the Oversight Committee says, Jack Smith is well-known and liked in leftist circles because of his role in the IRS scandal, working with Lois Lerner to illicitly target conservative groups. Jim Jordan and Daryl Issa sent a letter in 2014 mentioning him. Oh, yeah, I bet they know all about this guy. I bet they know all about this guy. And then the Article 3 project, which is what uh, Mike Davis is over now, has a statement on Attorney General Garland naming special counsel to investigate Trump. I, I would recommend you take a look at that. I don't have time to, to read the whole thing now. But but wait, there's more. There's more. In response to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre saying the president was not aware that Merrick Garland was going to name a special counsel to oversee the investigation of former President Trump, Mike Davis says, right, was the counsel to the president or any other White House agent given any heads up before Attorney General Merrick Garland announced his special counsel? Come on, man. Seriously? This is just ridiculous. So, Mike Davis also said, cheers to President Trump for defiantly standing up to Attorney General Merrick Garland and his politicized and weaponized Biden Justice Department. They fear President Trump will beat Biden, their boss, at the polls. So time for the next hoax. You can't beat him, indict him, right? All right, now, Mike Davis also said he was joining Trump's former acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker, good guy, on the Ingram angle Friday night. Laura Ingram, to discuss Biden Attorney General Merrick Garland's political hit on President Trump, Garland's boss's chief political enemy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, this is interesting. Newsmax, legal experts defend Donald Trump over special counsel pick. Well, what's that all about? Legal experts rallied to Donald Trump's defense Friday in criticizing Attorney General Merrick Garland's appointment of former federal attorney Jack Smith as special counsel to head the Department of Justice's investigations of the former president. Smith was the chief prosecutor at The Hague investigating war crimes in Kosovo and who led the DOJ unit involved in investigating public corruption in the Obama administration. Smith said to be a political independent, yeah, like there are any of those left, will oversee the investigations of Trump's alleged role in the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. There's no riot. There's a riot. It's a police riot. And of his storing presidential documents as Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida. Well, see, the DOJ already leaked to um, 
Washington Post that the whole thing is blown out of proportion. He didn't have nuclear secrets. He wasn't trying to sell stuff. It's just a disagreement over uh, mementos. It's all it was. But try getting that through to anyone. Yeah, good luck with that. But yeah, DOJ leaked it to the Washington Post. Once the elections were over, yeah, ridiculous. Mark Levin says, so Garland chooses a war crimes prosecutor from The Hague as a special counsel and whose entire career has been spent mostly investigating violent criminals. And, of course, he has spent most of his career with the career investigators and prosecutors who currently report to Merrick Garland. Even more, Garland has now unleashed a special counsel against a Republican candidate seeking the presidency by an administration whose chief executive has all but announced he intends to run for re-election. Gee, that doesn't sound too Stalinist Russia, does it? Of course, his goal, their goal, is to do justice because nobody's above the law. Meanwhile, Joe Gotti Biden of the Biden crime family, the current resident, I'm just, I'm sorry, I can't say president, the current resident who sets policy for so much in our society and made millions from all kinds of foreign entities is not under investigation because, well, nobody's above the law despite all the computer, text, email, witnesses, and other public evidence of corruption. Makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. He's got a D by his name. Sure. Makes plenty of sense, Mark. He has a D by his name. And that's what's up. That's what's going on there. Now, Got a couple other things that we have to get to. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, Julie Kelly with the letter from Jim Jordan, Louis Gohmert, Daryl Issa, and Steve Chabot to Merrick Garland. She says, Whoo boy, not only is House Judiciary Republican group demanding testimony from D.C., U.S. Attorney Matt Graves, but also Mark Totten, U.S. Attorney for Western District of Michigan. That's the office responsible for prosecuting the Governor Whitmer fednapping victims. She says, I am here for this. Why this is huge. This Totten guy used to be Governor Whitmer's general counsel for almost three years before appointed by Biden to take over the Western Michigan U.S. Attorney Office. He recused himself during the second federal retrial, but DOJ concealing memos explaining his recusal. Before the election, the Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee included the Governor Whitmer fednapping to a list of potential inquiries exposing what happened in this extensive entrapment scheme 
will build public support for massive overhaul, if not the abolishment of the FBI. Well, it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of folks. I, 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 that's what I'm thinking. That's the way it looks to me. Now, I got stuff on Jeffrey Epstein, but um, before I get to Jeffrey Epstein, oh, uh, one more thing about the special counsel. The great Will Chamberlain, lawyer, uh, senior counsel over at the um, Internet Accountability Project and the Article 3 Project at unsilenced.org. Will Chamberlain says, Insane and stupid, Attorney General Merrick Garland will appoint special counsel to determine whether former President Trump should face charges stemming from Justice Department probes. Response from the great Jeff Carlson at theepictimes.com. He says, Garland is doing this to protect himself, his number two person, DOJ, Lisa Monaco, and others there, including FBI. That's what this is about. The great Hans Monkey, also at theepictimes.com, says, this is so dirty. Garland and his goons turned Trump's life upside down, raided his house, squeezed his friends and associates, now that the dirty deeds are done, they pass it to a special counsel to whitewash their own actions and retrospectively give it all a veneer of propriety. Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be a hard no for me, dog. There's no uh, propriety there. Not in the least. Speaking of which, I gotta, I got to tell you what's up with the Incoming Speaker of the House, breaking news from the national file, okay? Nationalfile.com, America's new choice for real news, what they call it. Kevin McCarthy used FTX, the crypto firm that just declared bankruptcy the other day, and Sam Bankman-Fried stolen to defeat conservatives in 2022, which destroyed the so-called red wave. Now let's look at it. Top McCarthy political and fundraising insiders Jeff Miller and Brian O. Walsh are both closely linked to the failed red wave. Washington Post reported back in September McCarthy's plan of defeating conservatives was going to deliver him a more functioning GOP caucus. That's what the Washington Post called I guess that's what McCarthy called it, too. McCarthy systematically targeted his opponents like, uh, oh, yeah, Madison Cawthorn, Mountains, North Carolina. He was a freshman who got defeated in the primary. McCarthy spent millions in his secretive effort to systematically weed out GOP candidates who could either cause him trouble if he becomes House Speaker or, yes, jeopardize GOP victories. Uh-huh, really? Other candidates, Andrew McCarthy, pardon me, not Andrew, Jeff McCarthy, incoming Speaker of the House, 
Other candidates, Jeff McCarthy and his friend Sam Bankman-Fried at FTX targeted include Carl Palladino, New York, Anthony Sabatini, I believe he's uh, Florida, right? Yeah. Laura Loomer, Florida, Joe Kent, Washington State, J.R. Majewski, Ohio, Teddy Daniels, not sure what state he was trying to run out of, but he's an Afghanistan veteran. Um, Jerome Bell, Virginia. Let's see. Christian Collins, Texas. Chris Matthews. Uh, I can't tell what state this is. Sorry. And uh, Sandy Smith of North Carolina. These are all folks that McCarthy and his friend Sam Bankman-Fried at FTX Crypto Company targeted to take him out. Now, National Files says GOP leaders get away with what they call enforcing unity within his sometimes fractious Republican caucus, but is that really what it is? Many conservatives have questions about whether Kevin McCarthy is creating unity or merely killing off his political opposition inside the GOP. House Freedom Caucus has asked for a set of rule changes. That would include, number one, return to regular order, number two, reinstitute Motion to vacate the chair, which allows one House member to try to remove the Speaker. It has been around forever. Nancy Pelosi recently dispensed with it. So I got an explanation of the motion to vacate the chair. can be found at the bottom of page 3 in the screenshot they got. Memo entitled, Restoring the People's Voice in Congress. But McCarthy and his allies seem intent on keeping Speaker Pelosi's House rules in place so as to cement their iron grip on the House GOP conference and stifle any and all dissent within the ranks, speaking anonymously in order to not seem like a Democrat, one Republican said, one subset lives in reality, the other subset does not. Republican member of Congress concerned about the Freedom Caucus said that. And now it turns out one of Kevin McCarthy's biggest donors may end up being another Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. These developments come at a time when McCarthy just gave up as many as three or four dozen House seats the entire continent believed the party he leads was going to flip flip red. The dark money network of PACs McCarthy used to launder donor cash, including the FTX money, includes the CLF Super PAC, led by Dan Constan, the American Patriots PAC, the WFW Action Fund, Conservatives for a Stronger America, 
1854 Fund, and Common Sense Leadership Fund. Now, Dark Money Network of PACs McCarthy used to launder donor cash, including the FTX money, includes Fix Congress Now PAC, Unite America PAC, American Liberty Action PAC, uh, American Prosperity Alliance, Results for North Carolina, and National Realtors. So, Annie G. Dickerson is also tied into McCarthy's political and fundraising operation, which is tied to FTX, dirty Democrat money laundering operation used to defeat conservatives. Annie G. Dixon, uh, pardon me, Annie G. Dickerson founded Women for Women Action Fund, which spent heavily to try to defeat Joe Kent, Republican veteran running for U.S. House out of Washington State. Ms. Dickerson and Kevin McCarthy's FTX pals, Sam Bankman-Fried and Ryan Salam, joined an elite circle of Democrat donating globalist financial titans in their effort to defeat conservatives in 2022. A few of the globalist financial titans who joined um, FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried in donating to McCarthy to defeat conservatives include Charles R. Schwab, Elliott Management, Paul Singer at Elliott Management, and Citadel's Kenneth C. Griffin, all of whom are billionaire donors to CLF Super PAC and WFW Action Fund. Many lawmakers from both parties are jumping forward to return the money they got from FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried. That money is clearly seen as tainted. It seems to it remains to be seen whether CLF Super PAC plans to return its stolen crypto cash. Sources tell National File the lawsuits are brewing. CLF PAC that stands for a Congressional Leadership Fund. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Incoming Speaker of the House spends millions trying to defeat conservatives in Republican state primaries. Huh. How about that? No, I don't think they spent any money against me when I was running for governor. This was like Congress stuff. Okay? So we got that. Uh, we want to take a look at the Jeffrey Epstein situation. Okay? First of all, the great Robbie Starbuck, who was one of those conservatives trying to run for Congress in the primaries earlier this year in Tennessee, he said the new Republican majority must open an investigation into the Jeffrey Epstein crime syndicate to find out why none of his co-conspirators who abused young girls have been brought to justice and to make the financial aspects of his criminal empire transparent for all to see. Okay? Now, let's get to the actual article. This is scary stuff. UK Daily Mail, dozens of court documents relating to eight 
of pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's associates, including a billionaire hotel magnate and a female British citizen, will be unsealed after judge rules public interest outweighs right to privacy. Dozens of court documents relating to Jeffrey Epstein's associates, including a billionaire with a B, businessman, will be made public after a judge ruled the public interest outweighs the right to privacy. Judge Loretta Preska on Friday ruled that the material concerning eight people should be unsealed despite one subject claiming he could wrongfully harm his privacy and reputation. Among those whose names are mentioned in the documents are a British woman, Glenn Maxwell's former personal assistant who was accused of taking part in the sexual abuse of minors. Oh, my goodness. Judge Preska overrode objections from Tom Pritzker, billionaire executive chairman of the Hyatt Hotels. Is he a brother of the governor of Illinois? And the judge ordered material related to him be made public. The documents are part of a defamation case brought against Maxwell by accuser Virginia Roberts Jeffrey in 2016 that was later settled. The trove of material has been released on a rolling basis after with the first set coming in 2019, two days before Epstein killed himself. No, he didn't kill himself. After numerous requests from media organizations, you think he actually killed himself. You're nuts. A total of 16 non-party does, that's like John Doe or Jane Doe, objected to the release of the files being made public and the first set of eight have already been dealt with by the federal court in New York. The latest batch related to the remaining eight, referred to as Doe's 1228, 97, 107, 144, 147, 171, and 183. Now, Judge Prescott said that much of the purportedly sensitive information had already been made public last year during Maxwell's trial for trafficking underage girls to Epstein, which led to her being jailed for 20 years. She ran through dozens of documents and ordered them to be unsealed. The judge, that is. They included material related to the British woman who has strongly denied any wrongdoing in relation to her work for Ghislaine Maxwell. And it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's a really long article for, you know, a newspaper, UK Daily Mail. But... I wanted to share with you what I can. So I think it's very important. And um, it's good that the Epstein stuff is going to come out. It's horrendous. It's horrible that the incoming Speaker of the House, Jeff McCarthy, used millions of dollars that were laundered through Ukraine to fight against conservatives here. Just just beyond the pale. Just absolutely 
positively outrageous. And um, special prosecutor, I'm glad I was able to bring that to you and try to put it in some kind of uh, some kind of context, you know. Yeah. So that having been said, okay, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. It believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's tweet of the day is from the Bradford File, who says Biden laundered millions through his crack-smoking son. So they're they're investigating Trump again. Sadly, that's, that's kind of how uh, the ball bounces. Thanks again to Mitch Ward and RedRiverYourWay.com. Okay, you've been listening to Episode 285 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us, and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck, send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour, Sempier Tenth. And that's the way it is. Friday, November 18th, 2022.